It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen will join us on the uh, telephone uh, coming up shortly. Phone line is open, 356-9397. On this April 20th, Mr. Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, how are you? Doing well. Uh, it's weird to think about, but uh, you know, this upcoming weekend should have been the Christie Clinic Illinois Marathon in town. Um, I've tried to not really kind of wonder what would be going on in the sports world if you know the calendar was normal and our worlds weren't turned upside down with uh, the coronavirus pandemic. But uh, that one stuck out to me for some reason in, in my mind. But as Scott Ritchie, uh, you know witnessed on on friday evening college basketball recruiting doesn't stop even in the midst of a, a global pandemic with uh illinois getting a, a class of 2021 commit and, and luke goody um and the sports world still kind of churns on along even though there are no live sporting events for the time being and uh you know josh whitman illinois athletic director uh addressed the media earlier today and i know we're going to get into that uh, throughout the show tell us more scott about luke goody who uh Verbally committed uh, late Friday afternoon from the state of Indiana. Yeah, he's uh, from Fort Wayne, goes to Homestead High School, and uh, actually a basketball and football player. He was, you know, Homestead's starting quarterback uh, this past year and uh, really good f- football player. Is he going to play quarterback next season? No. Uh, I was talking with you know, one of you know, his AAU coaches, and he's just going to focus on basketball as a senior. Illinois fans just breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, but like he could have been a, a high major football recruit, probably. Well, I mean, Lovey Smith always could use the help, possibly as well. Yeah, and uh, the current quarterback is from the state of Indiana, and worked out pretty well, I suppose. Brandon Peters did uh, in his first season, but uh, Lou Goody, six six, hundred and eighty five, hundred ninety pound uh, shooting guard. A four-star recruit, um, top 100, and uh, most notably, and something Illinois kind of desperately they, needs, they needs. Is he, he's a shooter, um, kind of known as a shooter, uh, but his game ha- has developed a little more into that. Uh, he had to play had to play the point guard uh, this past season at Homestead because their point guard was injured for the year, so he got a little more uh, adept at. You know, running an offense and yeah, acting as a facilitator, but still a good shooter, uh, rebounder, averaged about eighteen point seven rebounds and three assists this past year. He had a pretty good list of uh, schools that had wanted him, including uh, Maryland and teams like that. Michigan State might have been on that list, but no Indiana or Purdue. Yeah, and that's a little interesting, just because you know both of those schools have made a. Uh, Purdue in particular with Matt Painter have made it a priority to recruit that state and uh, you can build a roster yeah. with Indiana guys um, and kind of particularly with Purdue because one of his AU teammates and uh, you know, good friends Caleb First 
I believe has committed to Purdue already. But yeah, they ha- weren't there. Maybe you just in the 2021 class they didn't need a shooter um, or, or someone at that position. But yeah, I was a little curious. You know, for a, a top 100 four-star kid from Indiana not to be recruited by either of those programs, but um, they didn't. So Illinois uh, won out in the end. More basketball talk coming up a little bit later on. Josh Whitman kind of made some media rounds um, in a way that you can only, you can do it these days by telephone and on Zoom and such. Talked uh, about several things. Bob Osmussen is with us by telephone. How you doing, Bob? We miss seeing you. Well, you wouldn't because my hair is so long. You wouldn't won't even recognize me, Steve. <laughs> I look completely different. Actually, when I said I we, like we, we miss seeing you, Matt shook his head to yes, the, to to the, the negative. Yes, to the affirmative, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> I was, wow, jo- I was joking, that. Bob. That's joking. I, 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 we all have to be less sensitive, don't we, these days? I think we do. We just, I, miss, sure we just miss being able to banter back and forth with you in the office, Bob. You're, oh, yeah, I miss it, too. I, I, I'll be honest kind of weird and instead anyway. of waiting instead but, of me verbally accosting you wondering when your column's going to be and i just have to do it via text message now right and it's it, not the it's same. same thing no it's, it's the same it's fine <laughs> I, I usually give you the same answer anyway so it's fine it'll be in but soon yeah, I, i'm doing great what's that it'll be in soon that's your that's your stock answer pretty much yeah yeah use or if I, 10 minutes 10 so minutes so are plus. you adapting uh, to this situation as best you can and uh working from home and such Oh yeah, I, it's it's fun in a lot of ways because the dogs are always there, the Julie's always there, the kids are there. So it's awesome actually. But I I wanted to go back to the office. I, I when I got sick several years ago, the one thing I missed more than anything was being around people. So being around Scott, being around Matt, being around Steve, even being around Lauren. So I, I missed I missed being around everybody. So yeah, it's 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 tough, complicated. It's not great, but it, it's what we have to do. So yes. I get more done here, honestly. <laughs> I, I really do. Because I'm not distracted by things like silly things like, or one of our bosses might say. I, I'm not distracted. I just plod, sit down and do my work. So it's fine. So time management, you've uh, you've handled that okay? Yes. If there wasn't a TV, I'd be a lot better off because, uh, you know, occasionally I'll go in, the, go in the living room or family room and say, oh, I'll watch TV deep here for five minutes, watch the news, catch up. Then half an hour later, it's like, oh, I should probably write that column for Matt. So <laughs> I got some issues there, but I'm working on it. I, I'm trying to do – the main thing is – hopefully you guys seen this too. The main thing is stay in your routine. I think that's a easy thing to get out of. I think it's important to get up, get cleaned up, do all the things you would normally do if, as if you're going to, down to – what's the new address? I'm not even sure what it is now. Something different, sure. As, as if I was going to demonstrate. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to stay in the routine as best I can. It is uh, 517. We do have the phone lines open, 3569397. Let's go to the phones. Neil in Bloomington, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, Neil. Uh, yeah, Steve, is um, Scott Ritchie there? He's standing by, waiting for your call. Okay, Mr. Ritchie, I want to ask you some basketball questions. Over the past week, there have been some movement. Um, what do you think the chances are that one of those two big guys that left of the NBA will come back? I know the guard probably is gone, but what about the big guy? And if they don't come back, how do you think this team stacks up next year when they start playing again? Thanks for taking my call, and I'll listen to what you have to say. All right. 
Thanks, Neil. Appreciate Thanks, it. Neil. Okay, well, well, Neil, like you mentioned, uh, Io Desumu is probably much closer to staying in the NBA draft than uh, returning to Illinois for his junior season. I, I spoke with his dad, Quam, last week, and and that's that's what he said. I mean, Io's kind of locked into the NBA draft, but with the the uncertainty of what that draft process might be like, what the NBA season will be like. They're not, you know, shutting the door on a return to Illinois and not putting all, like he said, not putting all their eggs in one basket. So they have a plan that they're kind of moving forward with, but they're kind of in a waiting period right now. Io and his family are just because no one really knows when the draft is going to be, if it'll go off as scheduled. Uh, Kofi Coburn. Um, I think, I mean, it would be best for him basketball wise to probably return to Illinois for a sophomore season. And I, I've kind of detailed that why uh, uh, on this show and then also in my podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Episode uh, 96 dropped this afternoon at IlliniHQ.com. Yeah, so a little self-promotion there. But if he gets an opportunity where someone is going to pay him to play basketball and it, it makes sense from a financial standpoint, uh, you can't argue with his decision to do that. I mean, that's that's the goal. The end goal is to get paid to play. And uh, if there's one NBA team out there that says we'll take a chance on kind of this unique big man because he is unique now as you know 20 years ago he would just well he probably wouldn't have ended up at illinois with his skill set and size he would have been you know straight to the pros most likely but uh it just takes one and and we'll see what happens there but he has at least a little time you know kind of the current schedule uh he has until june 3rd to decide and so does io uh if they're going to stay in the draft or retain their college eligibility so boy that really and it could get worse, but it really kind of hamstrings, hamstrung, whatever the word might be, the the hands of uh, coaches and how they build their roster. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that that schedule is going to stay the same right. either. Because if the draft gets pushed back, um, does that deadline get pushed back as well? And I know Brad Underwood has kind of talked about that. He's like, hopes it does not because that just it leaves college teams you know in the lurch a little bit longer. Um, so we'll see, but. Uh, I think Illinois is prepared for if Io leaves, and you know, they have Andre Curbelo coming in. Adam Miller, while he has yet to sign, they still expect him to, so that you kind of fill that position you know, right away. I don't think they're quite as set up, obviously, to to replace Kofi Coburn. Well, the, for one, there's not a lot of seven foot, <laughs> two hundred ninety pound, but also you're pretty athletic that can run the floor, big man out there. Um, it could be a, a mix of seeing what was still available maybe on the transfer market and then going back full-time to Georgie Pichonisvili at the five. Well, one thing, one aspect, too, about Kofi Carbon that I don't it, – it's not a huge point, but I think it's worth mentioning is the fact that by the time next basketball season starts in college or the NBA, whenever that does officially start, he'll be 21 years old. I mean, he played his entire freshman season in Illinois as a 20-year-old. He, he turned 20 back in September – he was older when his before he even played a game of college basketball than Io Desumu was until midway through Desumu's sophomore season. So age, I think, might have something to do with Coburn, too, because if he would stay here at Illinois for all four years, and again, I don't think that's going to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but if he did that and then embarked upon a pro career, he'd be a 24-year-old rookie. So I think he's trying to kind of weigh some of those, those positives and, and negatives, too. And, um, you know, there's really no downside to, to Coburn kind of testing the waters you would think if this was a normal 
year and if there were normal circumstances going on he could enhance his draft stock by going through the combine and workouts with teams and things like that but that's kind of the unknowns right now with Coburn is you just have to base it on what he did during this college season and if he played every game like he did you know at Purdue in late January if he dominated like he did in in non-conference play then yeah maybe he's a a surefire lottery pick but right now you know there's a lot of mock drafts out there and, and his name's not not listed anywhere on those yeah, cause, I mean, there was he did a lot of good things mm-hmm, in yeah. his freshman season, but there's also you know several moments where you know he just had trouble catching the ball mm-hmm. you know, in you know post entry situations, and uh, if you put the ball on the floor, it got to be a little tricky uh, for him. So th- there's areas of his game that certainly need improvement, and like long term for his basketball career, it he'd be better suited if that improvement came. At the college level, where he could get you know most of the attention, but at the pro level, you're sort of expected to just play, and uh, I think skill development, you know, they they expect you to have the skills you know, right. by that point. So, but again, someone offered me money to play basketball, yeah, I'd have a hard time turning it down. Not Five. that not that anyone was going to do that. <laughs> Five twenty three on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk more basketball coming up. Again, the phone line is open, 356-9397. Josh Whitman was on earlier today with Brian Barnhart here on DWS. So I'm plenty for your thoughts. Some of the things that he talked about was the return to whatever the new normal is going to be, the different models that might be under consideration for athletics, uh, online classes, all kinds of things, the hockey project, all those things were discussed this morning. We'll play some highlights uh, from that and have some discussion on that as well. Stay with us. We'll take a break and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody, here on DWS, Monday Night Sports Talk. With Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. I'm Steve Kelly. Again, the phone line is open, 356-9397. If you missed it this morning... Josh Whitman was on uh, the air here with Brian Barnhart for about 15 minutes on Penny for Your Thoughts. He made some other uh, appearances uh, media-wise throughout the day, just kind of checking in uh, and being heard from. Haven't heard from Josh in a little while since uh, all this came down. And a lot of topics uh, discussed, including uh, how things are being handled now and what the uh, return to normal might be, whatever the new normal is. Here is some of what uh, Josh had to say. Certainly there are a lot of overlapping authorities who will have a voice in, in how the uh, the return occurs. We're looking to the, the federal government, the state government, the local government, the, the NCAA, the Big Ten, uh, and then, of course, the university. And, and all those different entities will have guidance and direction. And uh, we're always going to place the, the health and safety of our of our students and our student-athletes and our staff at the, at the forefront. And... Uh, we don't want to be premature in any of those decisions, but uh, we're we're working actively as a as a university to try and identify what those timelines could look like, and uh, and then we'll follow. Uh, I think the university needs to to make some decisions about the fall first, uh, and then and then we'll be in a position to follow their lead. But uh, we're working in close collaboration with the Big Ten and. And I think ultimately with the entire NCAA to to see what those returns could look like. But for football, I I think if you wanted to start on time, I I think that we'd probably need to make that decision by early to mid-July is is probably the the latest you could go and still have the schedule begin 
uh, as you would anticipate it in, around Labor Day weekend. That's Josh Whitman this morning. More comments from him uh, coming up. You mentioned football, Bob. Uh, your take on what you think uh, might happen and the different things that might be on the table. Well, I think the main thing we're going to be looking at, I'll be very surprised if they play games in front of full crowds, at least initially. That may change. Things can always change uh, medically and all that. We could get a lot of advancement we're not counting on. But if that doesn't happen, I think if you play football, which I hope they do, I think it'll be in front of empty stadiums. It'll be weird, but it'll also be football. So I really don't care about the weirdness of it. I'll get over that. I think we'll all get over that. I, I really have a hard time right now imagining there'll be a full crowd, even though I'm sure in some parts of the country they're going to really bristle that. But I think that right now is not very realistic. So I, I don't think we'll see games in front of crowds is my guess. Yeah, I mean, no, no one really kind of knows at, at this point. We're all just kind of, you know, speculating and, and making, you know, the best guess that we can possibly have, you know, following the, you know, advice of the medical experts and, and the scientists and, and those trying to, you know, that are in charge of, you know, getting a response to, to everything that's going on. But, uh, you know, as we sit here on, you know, Monday, April 20th, will there be fans at Memorial Stadium on September 4th for a Friday night home opener and season opener against Illinois State? I don't know. I hope there are. Uh, I hope it's safe enough to, to do that. But then again, we're all just kind of in this, you know, wait and see holding pattern that we've been on for the last five weeks, you know, with no kind of end in sight at all to, you know, the way life is right now. And, and that includes, you know, sporting events. And um, we'll just have to kind of kind of wait and see how that goes. And then you think about football, too. If there is a delay, you know, what does that how do they, how do they do that? Do they still want to play? You know the full 12 game schedule have the season start in you know late september october november whatever the case may be or do you just try to play a you know nine game big 10 schedule have an abbreviated season um you know i'm sure josh whitman and every other athletic director in the big 10 has been through pretty much every possible scenario right now but you know college football is such a huge financial boon for every athletic department uh, pretty much, you know, helps fund a lot of the other sports, college sports and athletic departments. So I'm sure athletic directors and university presidents across the country want a college football season to happen whenever that season may happen. You mentioned, Bob, right. it, it all feels kind of weird. Well, maybe the new normal is weird. You know, it, I mean, it's, right. this has been a weird, right. weird exactly. six weeks, hasn't right. it? Well, and see, one, one thing, uh, most important thing we all should say is that no game is worth wasting in our health, okay? That's clear to me, clear to everybody. It should be clear. As much as you want, we want to see the games back, I think we have to quantify that with we want to see the games back when it's okay to do it, see the games back. So I think anybody that tries to say, oh, it's worth the risk, no, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. I love I football, college football, more than anything else other than my wife and kids. But... I don't want to play football if it's going to endanger anybody's life unnecessarily. So I think that's kind of the, to me, that's cut off. But if they could do it safely and they can do it even with or without fans, I think then it's something we should explore. And Matt's right. It's going to take a while to figure out how this is all going to work. But there's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways to do it. And I think a truncated schedule, uh, there's a big, big word for you, it would be something that you have to consider. So maybe just play the Big Ten games. That might be something to do, but that messes it up the rest of the season. But, again, that's not really all that important relative to make sure everybody's okay. 
and some people have talked about playing football in the spring. I don't know how how high up uh, the list is for that consideration, but at least it's uh, something that's been brought up. I don't think anybody knows. And the thing beyond that that you don't know is what is the overall financial impact on college programs going to be, regardless, Matt, of what how they bring it back. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously TV and, and media rights uh, distri- distribution make up a large chunk of, of revenue for, for college athletic departments, and, and we've seen those numbers skyrocket here in, in the you know previous few years and, and decades, but uh, you know, ticket revenue still is an important financial component of that, and uh, even if, no matter when that date comes where fans can go back to watching sporting events and things like that, there's going to be some skepticism and initial hesitancy from the public, the consumers of, hey, do I want to take my family of four to a college football game? And, you know, there's like Lauren Tate wrote in, in our paper, you know, three weeks ago or so, you know, our people in Columbus, Ohio and Ann Arbor, Michigan, are they going to cram 100,000 into the big house in Ann Arbor at the, at the Horseshoe in, in Columbus? Maybe, but I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, that's going to be up on on each person's individual desires, and you know, kind of weighing the pros and cons. And and you know, we're going to know so much more about what life is going to be like in September. You know, in in a few months or so. I mean, we've all adapted to this this way of life we've had in these last five and a half weeks or so. Something that at the beginning of March, no one ever thought that we'd be doing this. Uh, and, and we've all kind of adapted and evolved and moved on, and we'll continue to do that as you know the situation progresses. A lot of that's going to be a personal decision. We had a caller Saturday morning said if there was a game tomorrow, mm-hmm. he would be there. He didn't care how many people were there, and it, it may get down to that when when it is okay to do that. Mm-hmm. You'll have to make your own decision or not if it's okay for you to do it. Yeah, I mean it's you know thinking back on everything that transpired, you know and. In March, uh, you know, for me personally, just the shock of the NCAA tournament getting canceled. First, the Big Ten tournament getting canceled on, on March 12th in the NCAA tournament. Those are two events that are going to stick with me for the rest of my life. What I was doing that day, what the day was like, everything else that was kind of going on. Uh, and, and it's really weird and, and kind of eerie to think back to just four days prior to that on March 8th. You know, here in Champaign, the sold-out State Farm Center crowd for arguably the best atmosphere of Illinois basketballs had in, I'd say, easily the past decade uh, with that win against Iowa. And just to think that there was, you know, 15,500 people crammed into that space. And then four days later, you know, heck, even three days later when the Big Ten tournament tipped off in Indianapolis, you know, people are – the NBA gets suspended and – then you start to think of what's going to happen and then you see restaurants closing down, schools closing down. I mean, life just changed completely in a matter of hours. Yeah, this is going to be one of those I remember where I was kind of things. And uh, on a side note, a personal note, uh, our son and his wife are expecting a baby mm-hmm. the first part of June. And I told uh, Patrick, my son, I said, you're going to have quite a story to tell yeah. <laughs> to tell your uh, your child when he gets here. It'll be our first grandchild, his first uh, child and uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be quite a story how he came into the world in 2020 and the same with your kids your kids are young yeah you know i've got the three healthy kids you know five years and and under and uh they do our best to you know run my wife Nora and i ragged pretty much every day and um you know what's something i've realized too in these last five and a half weeks or so and i'm not just saying this because my wife i guarantee you is not listening to this right now but uh it's just how much work that she does, you know, and, and this goes for, you know, countless mothers across the country and, and teachers as well. And just the amount of effort and time. And, you know, I'm 
fortunate enough still that I'm able to go into work and, and, you know, work from an office and, you know, do my job, uh, from there. But a lot of people, you know, aren't right now. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a tough, tough, uh, situation for everyone going on. But yeah, I don't know what I'm going to tell my kids about this someday. I mean, my, I've got a four and a half year old daughter. She turns five in July and she kind of starting to pick up on things, you know, simple acts that she used to do just, you know, going to the store with us, you know, she hasn't been to a anywhere uh except her backyard pretty Mm -hmm. much for the last uh you know five and a half weeks so uh yeah it's it's just gonna be interesting then and hopefully you know when we do tell these stories you know there's a little bit of humor and some laughter in there to kind of override some of the dark times we've all kind of gone through these last six weeks some more comments from uh, josh whitman coming up in just a moment but a caller off the air wants to know uh, more about Adam Miller and why he hasn't uh, signed. I've, I've seen people say that uh, they expect him to sign this week, but I guess you could say that every week until he does. But, uh, Scott Ritchie, your thoughts on on that situation with Adam Miller? He's verbally committed, and everything I've seen him say, he's very committed to uh, the University of Illinois, but the fact remains he's not signed the letter of intent, nor does he have to, really. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Like, yeah. And also, he has until August yes. to sign one, um, so that's a, a ways away, and I'm sure Illinois fans will would love you know, a few more months of, <laughs> of this. But And also, he, he does not have to sign a national letter of intent. Um, in fact, yeah, I've said uh, you know, before, including on my podcast, Inside of <laughs> Illinois Basketball, um, that, you know, don't sign one. If, like, if you're a five-star recruit like Adam Miller is, like you're going to have a scholarship somewhere yeah. where you want it and sign the financial tender yeah, just, when you need to yeah just sign your scholarship paperwork yeah. and it's all good however um illinois still expects adam miller to sign his national letter of intent um there was uh, like a little movement at the end of last week where it, they were kind of expecting it to happen then uh, obviously it didn't because here it is monday and uh, it still remains a topic of conversation i got another email this morning you know, like asking when he was going to sign but from every time I've spoken with him in the last couple months, like he said, he's committed, and you know, the fact that Illinois had a really good season is like that's what I wanted to see. That's what he said. I, I didn't necessarily have a lot of stakes <laughs> in, in it, but uh, you know, he said that he wanted to see Illinois play well, and they did, and he was excited about it. So, I mean, I guess I understand the worry from Illinois fans that have been burned before. Well, they've been burned too, just with even with players who have signed letters of intent. Yeah. So, so I, I get it, but you know, like teenager, we're talking about. You know, it's just everyone just take a deep breath. I think things should turn out the way you want. So, uh, just uh, a matter of waiting. And the good news is, is there'd still be this consternation if we were in a non-coronavirus pandemic world. Just the fact that we're in this pandemic, I think, is. That's part of it. Heightened and up. When he does sign, they'll find something else to worry about. Yeah, this is just giving Brad Underwood and his staff <laughs> plenty of time to uh, craft that perfect statement about when Adam Miller signs because they've had some time to, to think of one. <laughs> Moving up on 540, Monday Night Sports Talk will continue in just a moment. A couple of more comments from Josh Whitman. We'll keep the phone lines open if you'd like to join us. 356-9397, back after this. Moving up on 542 here on... Monday Night Sports Talk, Pat Daniel, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, with you here until 6 o'clock, 356-9397 is the phone number. A little more uh, with uh, Josh Whitman earlier today on Penny for Your Thoughts. We heard him uh, talking a little bit more about the return and how that process might go, and 
then what are some of the scenarios about the, when we might see athletics again? Here's what he had to say. It is a strange new world, and, and certainly we've we've worked through the online delivery of classes here for the last uh, six weeks or so, and, and the university's made the decision to keep those classes online for the summer. Uh, I, I think what they decide for the fall will, will be very, very important, certainly for the university, but uh, also for the athletic program. And I think without having students physically on campus, it's it's hard to imagine an environment where we would bring student-athletes physically back mm-hmm. to campus. It seems like those two things would happen uh, in roughly the same time frame. Uh, although it's, it's not hard to imagine that the university would have some some fairly stringent guidelines on on what those returns look like and how you populate classes and you know I think the the 600 person uh, lectures you know those, those could be uh, difficult and, and so there's just a lot of complications as as you might imagine. That's kind of the big thing, Bob. Don't you think in getting the students back on campus across the country? Oh, no question. And I was going to say. Uh, University of Iowa has told, uh, we got, got a letter from them, and Hank, Hank did too, they're going to plan to have classes in the fall. And so I think that's a good sign. And I, I'm encouraged by that because I think nobody knows for sure, but I think everybody should plan like everything's going to come back to some version of normal. So, yes, but you're right. It would be really difficult, and Matt talked about this last week, really difficult to have uh, games and events without classes. So I, I, without student on, students on campus, so I think that'll happen. Hopefully, and we'll get some answers there. But I, I was really glad to hear that Iowa, one school in the Big Ten, is thinking about having classes. I think that's a start to me. If you're, I a, think some of the others will follow. If you're a student, don't you think the uh, by now the online classes are getting a little old? I, you know, I'd feel, you know, I could, I think I could do that for a little while. But after a while, you wonder about. Uh, the quality of the education not not that they're not doing a good job in trying to do it this is all new to everybody mm-hmm. but i'd want to be back on yeah. campus yeah i don't see any refunds coming back for a tuition either <laughs> so uh yeah which i'm sort of curious about they did refund some of the um, meal money so that's that's okay but yeah i think that you're right I, I definitely it's definitely different and not nearly as good we'd know that but thank god we're in this situation we are now where you can do some of this at least they think 15, 20 years ago, you'd be stuck. We we had the pandemic in 20, uh, 2001, you'd have no chance. So at least now there's equipment and technology enough, good enough to help us deal with all this stuff. I thought it was interesting in one of the sound bites and the comment he had uh, this morning about uh, July sometime, Matt, as far as they think they could start football season on time. If students, if the word is that students will be able to be back for the fall semester, if they know that in July. Yeah, and one kind of uh, you know anecdote that I've seen you know over the last few weeks that that I kind of piqued my interest and in, in my curiosity too was uh, Iowa State football coach Matt Campbell uh, had a comment about when he played in, in college at Mount Union, and this wasn't that long ago, it was you know, 15, 20 years ago, and Mount Union's a Division three powerhouse that they really could just show up in August and, and have the season start too, and it kind of, I understand the the training of, of you know high level Division one athletes that are going to play Big Ten football that, that requires some time and skill and things like that. But I think what this is also doing is kind of maybe reevaluating. You know, do you really need you know fifteen workouts in the spring? You know, do you need all this off season you know weightlifting, conditioning, strength that they do to obviously mold these young athletes into the physical specimens that they are today? It's going to be, I think, a real curious case study if 
the 2020 college football season does go off and start as planned based on the fact that you didn't have spring ball for the majority of the country. Uh, summer workouts are, you know, canceled uh, for the time being. You know, who knows when they're going to come back at all. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see if all that advances in athletic training and, you know, strength training and everything that's gone on, you know, in the college ranks that's really been ramped up and elevated here in the last 10 to 15 years. Is that is that all worth it? Um, you know, is that, uh, is the game going to suffer? You know, obviously I, you know, I think basketball, it's a sport where you have to kind of stay in kind of constant daily, you know, just get your shot right and your handles right and things like that. And golf obviously is a game too, that I think you need constant practice at, but you know, football, I, I think if, you know, by July, if the teams are able to kind of gather and, you know, go through workouts and, and kind of start building towards a training camp, then I think that could be feasible. But, you know, do you really, does it matter what you do on a late February spring practice? Does that have any bearing, you know, on what happens, you know, when the lights come on in September? I, I don't know. I was never a big fan of spring football. No. But I, I, <laughs> I didn't have to go through it. Okay, um, I was. Were you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but you I, never I learn much. You never learn much in you the spring. Well, I think you'll learn kind of who can help you the next year. So I think there's value to it. I Maybe it doesn't need to be as long. Maybe it might, might, might be very much right. Maybe all of us, we're going to figure out, hey, you don't Can you uh, send that football. to my wife, Bob, what you just said there? Well, I, I'll tell her that. Okay. Sure. You have to tell Julie. I can okay, do it, too. Okay, fair enough. But I, I think you don't have to play football all, every day of the year. I really I think that's right. I think the old days when they used to take the summers off, mm-hmm. that to me, maybe we'll, we'll get back to that. Maybe that's valuable because your body cannot take the constant pounding, I don't think. And I think we'll see longer careers if the season is maybe not shortened, but maybe less all, all the time stuff. I think that'd be good. Don't tell Lou Hernandez. He was pounding. <laughs> don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that. Lou, they should work all the time. What are they doing? Not scooping off, but... I really think there's value in some, some downtime. One more comment from um, Josh Whitman earlier today. A little bit of a, a little bit uh, of news coming out of that. This is about uh, the hockey project. You knew that uh, would come up, and it's something that has been very close a couple of times. We'll hear what he said about that. Then we're going to talk about the last dance here on DWS. Here's what Josh had to say about hockey. We remain as excited about that project as as we've ever been. It, it really in clearly for for so many different people businesses uh, locally and and much more broadly um there's been so many implications from this from this entire situation uh but uh, i would say that the the downtown arena and the hockey project for us is at the top of that list candidly we were we were bracing and preparing for uh, a big announcement as early as, as next month. Uh, we, we felt like we had uh, put everything in, in the order that we needed. We, we had all the partners around the table and, and thought that we had a, a good, solid plan to, to move it forward. And then, uh, of course, everything changed. And so that, that may require a, a slight pause as we sort some things out. Um, but uh, doesn't do anything to diminish from uh, the enthusiasm we have for the project and uh, the optimism we have about the uh, the future of it. Yeah, there's a slight pause on a lot of things right at the moment, not just 
with the U of I and athletics and in life itself. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Lauren Tate kind of weighed in uh, a little bit on, on the hockey situation in Sunday's News Gazette, and Scott's going to have a story in, in tomorrow's paper more about the, the hockey uh, situation and, and more of what Josh Whitman had to say. But rightfully so, that, that project needs to be put on pause as, uh, you know, Illinois Athletics kind of deals with the, the current reality and, uh, you know, figures out the financial forecast and, and pitchers and things like that. You know, I think we all hope and want to see that day happen where there is a, a new downtown arena and Illinois has got a hockey program and you'd think to, you know, a, a Friday night, uh, you know, in, in the winter at all. And, you know, downtown's booming with a, a big crowd there for a game and the bars and restaurants are, are all doing well with that. But that right now is, is not the reality that, you know, we're living in. But uh, it's certainly uh, a project that has kind of almost to an extent kind of defined Josh Whitman's tenure here in Illinois because it was brought up, you know, about a you know, 15 months or so after he was hired as athletic director and he's kind of been, you know, vocal about it and, uh, you know, provided updates when he, when he wants to and, and can. And, uh, you know, that's a, a sport that a lot of folks, I think that are Illinois fans are, are eager to see get off the ground. Let's talk about the um, ESPN documentary, the last dance on Michael Jordan and the Chicago bulls episodes one and two aired last night you you kind of liked it, didn't you, Scott? I well, one I couldn't remember the last time I had anticipated something so much to watch on TV, um, and mostly because I've been in, waiting for that for a couple of years after it was kind of first announced that they were going to do something. And ESPN like that. felt your anticipation; and they moved it up a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and it was, so, which was a good marketing move. Yeah, well, I think they got a little bit peer pressured into doing it. Sure. So, um, in most cases, yeah, I'm against peer pressure, but <laughs> uh, in that case, I'm glad it worked. But no, it was awesome and i mean really kind of the, the second three-peat was more you know, of kind of when i you know really you know followed basketball and the, the bulls but i i remembered you know the the second and third of the first three-peat the first i don't have any recollection of at all but like jordan and the bulls were my childhood when it came to sports and just definitely went you know down the nostalgia trail last night so all, all the feels it was it was and it was just obviously remarkably well put together and well done and um very interesting so there are eight more episodes uh to come in this 10-part uh documentary what'd you think of it bob oh, i loved it i'm with scott on that every every part of that i talked to mark's liberty today about it and obviously he played at that time of jordan he was a great high school player and obviously he played at illinois and he, 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 like all of us, he loved it. He said, what else am I going to do, basically, was his kind of comment. But he was really good because he knows a lot of that stuff. And he met Jordan as a high school player, uh, got to know him, and, and really played against him in the NBA. So he had a lot of ties to it. But, yes, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, my biggest bummer, I wrote this for tomorrow, I, when it ended last night, I was like, darn it. I want to watch the rest. I want to watch I wanted to watch it like right now, so I might have to be patient. So I agree with Scott. Something we're really looking forward to. I didn't know how good it was going to be. Now we know. Now we, I, it's the best thing I've seen in a long time on TV. I'm kind of glad they didn't just unveil all ten episodes last night. I know a lot of people wanted to just sit yeah. stay up all night and watch it, but I think by doing that, then you would have done all that, and then it'd have been like, okay, it's it's April twentieth. What I'm going to do the next <laughs> month? I think this, we, the way they the way they've built this up, I think it gives a lot of people. You know, something to look forward to and, and take their minds off of, you know, the current situation, you know, for the next four weeks. Well, they'll get be better ratings that way by mm -hmm. by spreading it out. You've got yeah. a, appointment 
television now for the next uh, few Sunday nights. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, my four-year-old daughter had commanded the TV when it came on last night and was watching some kids' cartoon show when we were playing with her Sesame Street characters, and she kept saying, oh, I want to play. I was like, yeah, and this character wants to watch the Bulls documentary, so <laughs> let's make that happen. I don't think this was done uh-huh. in, in any way to to make you determine who's the greatest of all time, but I think it's pretty obvious who was. And uh, that's not to take anything away from uh, LeBron James mm-hmm. or Magic Johnson or no. anybody else. No, but, I mean, just the well, way the way Jordan just transformed, not only what he did on the basketball court with his skills and athleticism, too, and that was a clear part of, you know, one of the episodes last night was just his dominance against the Boston Celtics in that playoff game. But yeah. just the way he transformed you know america and sports in general i mean he's kind of the gold standard in the modern era of what a top athlete is like he averaged 30 points for his career 30 points a game it's crazy scored pretty good he he did not stink it's funny uh i don't know mad sky you probably never got to see him in person is that right or not Never in person, but I remember the first title in, in 91. I was living up in the Chicago suburbs, and I remember where I was at, yeah. you know, when he did that famous layup uh, against the Lakers where he went with the right yeah, hand yeah. and slipped it to the the left, and, you know, where I was wow. at when, you know, John Paxson hit that shot to win the, the third title and, you know, the shrug of the shoulders against the Trailblazers. I mean, those are iconic moments, and I can sit back here and, you know, pick apart what I was doing and, and things like that even in my childhood. So coming up, episode three is probably going to be Dennis Rodman, right? Uh, yeah, that's Scott? what they were kind of promoting. Yeah. Um, in the because they had essentially be- the the whole you know, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center hour after the 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 doc was devoted to to that. But yeah, it should be it's going to be Dennis Rodman and it's going to be family three. filled. That'll be a good family. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you know ESPN two no, is the the edited version, and ESPN is the one where you can go to hear all the salty language. Uh, so, uh, that's the one I picked. Bob, you watched the ESPN two version, didn't you? No, I watched the ESPN okay. version, of course. Right. And I, I, I'm not offended by words like that. My family wasn't either. But they, they've all heard them from me. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the bad part. But they I, again, I, I, Dennis Rodman, uh, uh, interesting character. But I really, I, I can't imagine, you know. How the uh, I guess I guess the next episode we'll see. I think every time, every day we're going to learn something new that we didn't know, which I think that makes television that's really really a special thing to have at this point. In, you know, twenty years ago this happened twenty years ago, and we're going to learn some more we didn't know about that team, which is really awesome. Five fifty six. We need to take one final break here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. <laughs> couple of minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Appreciate you listening here on Newstalk 1400 DWS. A couple of final uh, basketball notes. Scott Ritchie has a couple of former Illinois players' names popped up today. Jalen Coleman-Lyons, remember him? He uh, recently uh, received a sixth year of eligibility at uh, DePaul. And then now he's back in the news in the transfer portal as a grad transfer, correct? He's not coming back to Illinois, is he, Scott? I would highly doubt that that would happen, um, since you know he did choose not to play for Brad Underwood already. Um, but yeah, you know, he'd been kind of injury prone at DePaul, and you know, used that to get a sixth year. Um, the funny thing is, like he had his best three point shooting season as a freshman at Illinois, shot forty two percent, thirty eight percent the next year, and then this had really kind of struggled at DePaul. So maybe uh, another fresh start will 
get him back on track. And Nana Egwu is going to play some more hoops. Yeah, he was the second player announced to the House of Pain roster for the basketball tournament uh, in July, along with Malcolm Hill. And there's going to be another roster announcement every Monday until they're done. So it should be interesting to see who else is on that list. Any thoughts or any ideas on that? Ravante Rice. Yeah, Ravante Rice, I think, almost has to be. Um, Maybe maybe, Michael Finky. Yeah, I think Michael Finky. He's played in the tournament before. Uh, Maverick Morgan has played in the basketball tournament before. Uh, maybe Brandon Paul. It'd be a huge get if they got him. Get Tyler Griffey. That'd be good. Baseline out of bounds. You've been thinking about this. I have. It just all kind of popped up now. We're over time. We're out of time now, though. All right, Bob. What are you working on here in the upcoming editions of the News Gazette? Real quick. Lots of, lots of sports talk. How about that? We'll look forward to that. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Matt, Scott, Bob. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks, Steve. That's Monday Night Sports Talk See here Bob. on DWS. And... Thanks to Ed Bond as well. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Talk to you again soon, everybody.